Welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. It's time to open a doorway to healing in your life through positive changes. Here is your host, Dawn Damari. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. This is episode 10 of the podcast, and today is part one of a two-part series about Reiki. Today we'll be talking to a Reiki practitioner, Carrie Walker-Collins, from Laguna Beach, California, and she has been practicing Reiki for many years. She's going to talk all about what Reiki is, and what it can do for you, and lots more. At the end of the interview, she'll be sharing her own personal story of healing, so stay tuned for that. It's very powerful. If you want to learn more about this podcast, or if you want to listen to previous episodes, visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. And before we get into our interview, let's hear from one of our sponsors, Golf Tours. Hi, this is Goff, owner of Goff Tours, specializing in stand-up paddleboarding or surfing lessons. I even do snorkeling. You can reach me here. Orange County has what you're looking for. You can contact me via email at gofftours at gmail.com or mobile number is 949-338-5937, gofftours.com. Hi, I'm Dawn Tamari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. Well, let's talk to our guests right now. Hi, Carrie. Hi, everyone. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for being on the podcast. And Carrie, your office is in Laguna Beach, California, and you live in Dana Point. I do. And so you're a Reiki master? I'm a Reiki master practitioner and teacher. Oh, so you teach Reiki as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about that. For people who don't know, what is Reiki? Reiki is the Japanese form of energy healing. Okay, and what kind of conditions can it help? Well, primarily, it will find the source of any condition that has shown up on the outside or on the body, going back into the spirit, the mental, emotional, and the spiritual side of everything being that we can work on emotional situations such as divorce, traumas, personal changes that are occurring outside of our control that are uncomfortable for us, as well as sicknesses and disease, or we call it dis-ease at times. I've been working a lot with cancer patients, young people with anxiety. I mean, really anything from A to Z anymore. Great. And I've actually had a Reiki, two Reiki sessions with you. It is really beneficial for pretty much everything. My back sometimes has pain and it it helped and just emotional stuff. So, but a lot of people out there, they don't know what it is. So when you do Reiki, is it mostly hands-on or is it usually 
do you usually place the hands and, and how does one do Reiki? Well, most practitioners in probably the state of California, because of laws and regulations, are hands above or hands off. Okay. Um, traditionally, Reiki was hands above. Because I have a background in skincare and I'm an esthetician, my license, as well as like nurses, doctors, massage therapists, are all enabled to be hands-on. So with me, a session is generally speaking hands-on until we're working in the auric field um, or performing distance Reiki as well. We don't have to be in the same location. Oh, okay. So you can actually do it distance. Yes. Okay. And and how did you get into doing Reiki? Is this something that you've always done or and how long have you been doing it? Okay. Well, gosh, I was first introduced to Reiki probably about a little over 11 years ago, I believe. I uh, was always intuitive as a child would sometimes go uh, exploring and seeking um, with different religions and wondering about that aspect of myself. So it wasn't completely new to me, the concept, once I found it, uh, but I didn't go looking for it. What had happened is uh, about 11 years ago, I had what some would call a near-death experience, a major, major shift in my life, probably as a result of all that seeking that I was always doing. And I was uh, found myself in a different career path, which was at that time skincare um, and primarily medical skincare. I was working for a physician in South Laguna, and it was there that I had a nurse client ask me when I placed my hands on her to start uh, her skincare procedure if I was also um, a Reiki practitioner, and I wasn't at the time. But at the something resonated inside of me when she said that. Uh, I wanted to say yes, but that would have been a lie. And so I said no, <laughs> but something of me was very intrigued by that. I realized what she was probably feeling at that time was the my prayer and meditation that I was practicing every morning and probably a little bit of my yoga practice as well. So it was about a week, a week and a half later that I had one of my um, meditation mentors ask me if I wanted to go down to uh, San Diego to take Reiki classes. And I thought for actually a few years after that, that uh, I must have told her about that experience that I had with this particular client. And uh, I didn't. <laughs> so it was just spiritually guided. And uh, I found myself in uh, Encinitas taking my first Reiki 1 and Reiki 2 with a pretty, pretty well-known uh, Reiki instructor. And it was in that that she said that it would open up intuitive channels and, you know, guide us into a much deeper healing practice and meditation practice than, than we may have ever known before. And I knew that I was at home. Nice. I knew that that was uh, something that was going to probably benefit my clients and uh, myself. And I just started doing it immediately. Luckily, I worked for a physician that embraced it. Oh, nice. And I uh, started working on everyone in the office and mm -hmm. the doctors that would come through. He was a physician that trained other physicians from all over the world. And so every Monday I worked on all the doctors that came through and lots of practice all of a sudden. Wow. And then when I moved through the levels, I, it just laid down in my lap again. I really didn't go looking for it. I took my advanced training in master level when the teacher appeared. And, and then I started teaching it there at that facility on the weekends. So oh, nice. Now, that was about 11 years ago now. Oh, so you've been doing Reiki for 11 years. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And then you opened up your own practice. I did. I did. It took um, having, I had my son about six years ago and realized that 
I didn't really want to be working um, nine to whatever, nine mm-hmm. to six, nine to seven, regular, regular job, we joke, real job. Mm-hmm. And I was blessed enough to not have to do that. So I was able to drop back and just work a couple of days a week for a while as he's gotten older and as word of mouth has occurred and mm-hmm. um, a facility was more necessary. So I moved into a larger facility with a good friend of mine who had a wellness business in town about a year and a half ago. And then she moved about six months later, and now we are in where we're at downtown for the last almost year in March. Nice. Now, if somebody else is interested in becoming attuned, or I think that's the term that people Mm -hmm. use to Reiki, like how how do you find a teacher? I I look online. Sometimes I just there's there's a lot of ads for for Mm -hmm. Reiki. Maybe maybe it's trendy now. I don't know, but (laughs) or maybe it's just that I'm seeing it because I've actually been interested in it. But so if somebody is interested in learning how to to do Reiki, if they feel that they have a calling to do that, how do you suggest finding a good teacher or a good program to learn? I know know there's a couple levels and then also to find out to get your mastery. Yeah. Well, I think it's important that, I mean, we, everybody Googles, right? Right. Look up anything you want online anymore. I think, I think that's how probably most people are finding. Mm -hmm. And and then the the teacher has to resonate, you know? And I don't think that you really get attuned to Reiki before you're ready to become attuned to Reiki. I mean, anyone can learn Reiki. Anyone has the ability to utilize this okay. and to heal others and themselves. It's just whether or not it's it's time, you know, for you. And picking out a practitioner is a personal personal thing. I mean, of course, that's why word of mouth and recommendation is is so good. Is that you want to find someone that resonates with you and and spiritually is in alignment with with um with the light you know a background that you appreciate and admire and can trust nice now i've had reiki done and actually the first time i actually ever had it done was with you so when you put your hands on someone and you're able to because you're an esthetician or if someone else is a practitioner they put their hands over you i actually did feel heat. And where does that come from? I'm a skeptic. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy well, spiritual things and holistic things, but I'm also a skeptic, but I, I felt it. So mm-hmm. where does that heat come from? Well, essentially the practitioner is channeling the energy. Okay. So Reiki in itself, the word means God conscious life force energy. Okay. So we are pulling from spirit, divine source, God, if you're okay with mm-hmm. that. And that energy is going through us to the client or to the person on the table or the friend or the okay. plant or the animal, whatever we're working on. And most people will feel heat. So mm-hmm. my hands become like little heating pads generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you can, most people are feeling it. Some people will feel a fluctuation in just an energy. Okay. And they'll feel maybe even a coolness. Oh, really? Occur. I had a client this morning that was actually talking about me moving energy, and she was giving me a compliment about that. And I said, well, what do you see? And she says, I don't see, I feel. So we're all different in how we receive it as well as far as um, what we're feeling. But generally speaking, most people feel like they just came out of a meditation. Mm-hmm. It drops your body into that meditative healing space. Okay. So your body can heal, whatever the issue is. Okay. And it can also remove emotional blockages as yes. well. Yeah. And is it common to feel very emotional afterwards? Because I did. I have to say, okay, this is embarrassing because I'm saying this to the world right now, but I, I felt really good. And then I came home and I started crying. 
Because yeah. because things was that because blockages were removed or and is it common for people to just sob crying? It, it is. Okay. I mean, everybody will have a different experience, okay. and I think each time. I mean, I always say no two Reiki sessions are ever the same. Okay. Each time we come in a different way, we're bringing uh, to the table something else um, is bringing to the surface and being removed. I had a, a friend that was a therapist once say that even in her room, she had her space or her crying room. I mean, it's healing. Mm-hmm. It's good okay. um, to let our emotions flow. And oftentimes for that situation for you, it may have been that it had been a long time that you've had a release like True. that. And we were just moving through some of the emotion that's been mm-hmm. locked and stored. Oh, okay. Now, when somebody has a serious illness, not that emotional issue, the emotional issues can be very serious. Let's say a serious physical issue like cancer. Mm-hmm. How does Reiki help with that? Because I know it removes the blockages. So how does it help to heal? I'm not saying it's going to cure cancer, but how does it help to yeah. to heal you with, from physical ailments? Again, always different. Okay. I can give you, you know, stories, case okay. stories. There was a woman who was in her 80s later in life, second time of cancer that didn't tell me that. And at the time, I, you know, they, they asked me if I could do this for her. I came, I showed up. That's what. That's how this works. If somebody is asking and and they want to receive, they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really about healing the cancer per se. There was emotional trauma that had gone on from the cancer from before that needed to make peace with. And the other, the bigger issue that I wasn't aware of either before starting on her was that she had never taken medication in her life. She was very healthy, vegan didn't take pills, that type of thing. Yoga, I think she was a a spiritual teacher at some point. They didn't tell me that either. I saw it on her wall. And she'd never taken any medication, and that was a big concern of them. And so she got through it without ever having to take the major pain medication. Really? And it wasn't something that I, as a practitioner, sought after to solve for her. Mm -hmm. We just have to let the Reiki energy take over and do exactly what it's supposed to be doing. Now, there's been other cases. I had an oncologist that was a mid-30s cancer patient, and we did this alongside with her chemo and radiation. And she would give me feedback that it was helping with the uh, nausea that they feel. Just a lot of the other ailments that come along with treatment. And she's 100% cancer-free. So you never know exactly if it's the Western or the Eastern. And mm-hmm. and I think that's why it's important to do both. Because mm-hmm. when the miracles that I've seen have been alongside with everything that's that we can utilize now. And it's been a pretty amazing process to see. And other times we're just chasing around the issue a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, alleviating the the darkest parts of some of these diseases. Right. So they don't have to feel as much sickness, as much edema, as much heart palpitations, as much pain when um, there's pressure in certain areas of their body from tumors, et cetera. But the outcome is always, always seems to be better when we're adding alternative healing methods. So. Yes. And... Many hospitals, they're actually incorporating Reiki. I've read about this. Maybe not all hospitals, but but some of them. So do you yeah. do you think that the Western medicine world, traditional medicine, are more they're, they're becoming more and more open? No, oh, absolutely, to absolutely. I mean, I I know that there's Reiki practitioners that my my teachers have been doing this for 30 plus years. So it's and Reiki itself has been around. I mean. Our Sui Master lineage was found in the 30s, but we know that it's been here a lot longer than that. 
just in the 11 years that I've been here, it was a little bit more of an uphill battle. You know, people would come into the physician's mm-hmm. office and they just wanted medication, right? You know, yes, they'd come see me, but they really just wanted medication mm-hmm. for whatever it was. And I've seen just in general, the population awakening to this idea that there's other things that can also help alongside of their medications and Western medicine. And I know that nurses and doctors like, but may, a lot of nurses have, have done this in hospitals for years. Um, okay. It's just, I think, more talked about now. It's definitely becoming something that has been more talked about in uh, media. And in fact, I think Dr. Oz's wife is a Reiki mm-hmm. master practitioner. And so it's on his show quite frequently. Yes. Um, and for someone, if they're looking for a Reiki practitioner, of course, they can Google uh, what should they look for. If they're, maybe they're not in Laguna Beach, they're in, you know, wherever they live. Are there things that you should look for when you're, if you want to start, you know, maybe word of mouth, like you said, or most people are just Googling? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're interested in an alternative healing method, ask your friends. I mean, that's number one. Ask around. Has anyone ever seen a Reiki practitioner? Has anyone ever seen, I mean, anything that you're interested in, right? Mm -hmm. A naturopathic doctor. Number two, if you Google it, you'd Google, you know, Reiki in Laguna or Reiki wherever you're at in Austin. I have actually taught Reiki students all over. So there, I know we're everywhere. And then, and then look, uh, look at their website, read the website, feel if you, if you resonate with it. I oftentimes people will say they picked me because they liked my picture. Say they, they like the colors or the look of the website. You know, I think just really letting it follow your intuition. We all have it. Our sixth sense, our gut feelings, we call it, right? Mm-hmm. And your website is, do you have a website? I do. It's mysticreiki.com. Okay. Yeah. And so you also teach Reiki? I do. I teach Reiki. It's about every three months or so. We teach level one and two. And then master training, we teach about once a year, depending on who's ready. Okay. And master training is advanced Reiki training and master kind of gets, I just end up calling it master training. It's the third level. And we teach it here at the office. I do Reiki circles monthly at Better Living Yoga in Aliso Viejo. Lots of cool stuff. We're going on a retreat with a friend of mine that's a yoga instructor in Sedona. Oh, really? At the beginning of March. Um, we'll do healing groups and healing sessions. and That sounds fun. Sedona yeah. is definitely a healing place. It is yes. quite a vortex out there. And so people can find out that about that on your website as well? Yeah, they can. They okay. can. You can always email me at Carrie, K-E-R-R-Y, at mysticreiki.com. Okay, as great. Well. Carrie, earlier in the interview, you mentioned that you had a near-death experience. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll share about that. I had, I call it my past life now. I feel like we have many lives while we're here. Mm -hmm. But I found myself, you know, all through my 20s, adjusting to social pressures, I guess, and not having any tools, basically, to Mm -hmm. deal with emotional things. Right. And not realizing it, not realizing it that I have this in my family, because I do believe it's hereditary in some sort. It's passed down to us, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So my coping mechanism was to drink, you know, and my, when you turn 21, it's like, okay, we get mm-hmm. to woohoo, we get to go out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved Laguna Beach because it was, you know, fun stuff to do at night, at least, mm-hmm. um, not a sleepy town. 
like Mr. Viejo was <laughs> where <laughs> I went to high school. I was pretty normal with it for a few years, not having any idea that both grandfathers on both sides were uh, functioning alcoholics or oh, right. uh, my okay. grandfather and great grandfather. Okay. And nothing in my immediate family that I could see. So I had really no idea that it was a little ticking time bomb in me. So, you know, relationship issues and probably pretty normal things that would go on. I would overdrink and deal, just cope that way, mm-hmm. you know. So I was about 30 and had another episode, basically. For the first, one of the first times ever, felt like I couldn't quit drinking. So it was about a three-day little bender, I guess you'd go on. I was off for a few days and upset about a relationship thing. Mm-hmm. And drank and then woke up and then drank some more and then woke and then went back to sleep and woke up and drank some more and um, pretty foreign but made the right phone calls in it and I felt like God just had uh, swooped down and plucked me out of that right then and there so in hindsight it was the beginning of January of 2007 I had come home from the bartending job that I had had and was on my patio looking up at the sky and I uh, didn't realize at the time what I was talking to or anything, just that there was something bigger than myself. And I said, I think I'm losing my mind. I still didn't think there might have been a drinking issue. Mm-hmm. I just thought uh, something's going on. I just don't feel right. And I don't feel like I can trust myself anymore. And um, 11, 10, 10, 11 days after that, I was in a rehab, which, of oh, course, wow. at 31 years old, after being on your own since you were 17, was pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was quite a humbling uh, that needed to happen in there, for sure. And it did. At some point in the process, I got out of that. I was in there for um, you know a little over 30 days and insisted I move back to my apartment in La- that I loved in Laguna. And I'm grateful that they let me, because it's not always the best thing to go back to your same life. Right. But I did. I went back to bartending. And luckily, uh, I worked at a bar that I absolutely adored the owners, and they had strict rules about drinking and and working, and I always abided Mm -hmm. by those. And uh, so it wasn't a horrible place for someone like me to go go back to, because I actually could still abide by the rules. But my life turned around. I mean, turned around and turned around quickly. So I I went back home, but uh, nothing was the same. And little by little, things started to change, and I went to esthetician school. Just something quick. I'd always been interested in skin, but it was kind of quick thing to get me out of bartending full time. Mm-hmm. And then it was, I mean, it was right after that I got out and, and started working with a physician and Reiki came into play and, and it's been no looking back since. Part of my sensitivity as an alcoholic woman, once you get over the shame of being a female alcoholic, is a realization that the sensitivity that we have, this extrasensory perception that we all really have is what I was dumbing down. Right. So when I took away my I always joke it was wine, and or if I was starting to get a little too chubby, it would be vodka soda. <laughs> <laughs> so if I wasn't putting that in my body, I had m- all of my intuition that I'd always had and been trying to cover up so I wouldn't be weird or wouldn't be different hmm. was out there and raw, and there was really no ignoring it anymore. Right. And so uh, luckily, we all have this higher power, um, or at least I believe we all have this higher power that uh, knew exactly who I was before I knew what I was. Mm-hmm. And led me in the right way. And and I got to arrest the disease. I mean, it's still, it's always an ongoing battle, but it's not um, something that I think about daily anymore, for sure, which is amazing because when you're in it, you can't ever imagine not, not doing it. It's such a part mm-hmm. of our um, social norm. Now. It is. It is. Just so grateful because nothing that I have in my life, not finding out who I really was, I mean, I... I can now say, you know, psychic, medium, channel, healer, clairvoyant. I mean, I can say exactly mother, you know, wife, normal, (laughs) if there is normal. (laughs) 
all the things that I've been hiding and covering up, you know, were nothing to hide up, hide and cover up. There was no shame in it. Of course yeah, not. But so. when you're young, you don't, you don't know that. You know, a lot of people don't. No, I you, didn't. you don't know it, you know, and then there's that struggle of, well, I was 30 years old when I got sober, you know, was it just a normal 20? Was it a normal thing that we mm-hmm. all go through? I mean, it could be, could be, yes, yes. but I feel like why test it, you right. know? Right. Why test it? All right. No, I, by the way, I'm really, I'm really impressed. That's, that's really an amazing story. And congratulations. Thanks. How long has it been? Since? It's been 11 years. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. You should really be proud of Crazy, that because huh? it's not easy to do. <laughs> no, it really isn't. It's not easy to do. And it, and it's true. We do kind of cover up things with substances, alcohol, whatever, whatever it is people choose. And maybe those are things that, that need to come out. Sensitivity, intuition. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. You know, in Alcoholics Anonymous, they told me that that alcoholism was a spiritual malady. Mm-hmm. And I talk about with my clients that we all walk around with this God-shaped hole, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mo- many of us are trying to fill it up with something. Right. You know, women, maybe more clothes and shoes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> guys, you know, cars, I don't know what it is, but we're all trying to fill up this hole. And it's probably why Reiki has been such a passion for me is that it's a great foundation that we actually fill up that hole with spirit. And at first we're doing it for them. Mm -hmm. And eventually, hopefully soon through the process, they're starting to feel that connection to the divine and they're able to do it for themselves. And all these things are tools. They're tools for us to live the the way that we, that that we're intended to. Uh, So we don't have to feel different or shame or less than, Right. We're, none of us are less than, and most of us, we, we have anxiety, you know, and if the truth, the truth came out, I think everybody has their insecurities about things, you know, but we always feel so alone in that. That's and true. so uh, it takes one at a time, one person at a time to heal their God-shaped hole, mm-hmm. <laughs> their spiritual malady, um, and to share it with others. And so they can too. And so that's what we're doing here. That's great. And again, congratulations. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. So that's great. Well, is there anything else you wanted to share with our listeners? I hope that you find us. I hope you find someone that can assist you. There's amazing, amazing practitioners in this town, Mm -hmm. um, meditation practitioners. and Yeah, so that was a question I had. Are there any other practices that you recommend along with Reiki that can just, you know, that can kind of enhance it? Meditation, yoga. Yeah, meditation, yoga. Yoga is energy healing. Meditation is meditation's the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, once you start meditating, you really start tapping in and connecting. It can change your entire day if you meditate even for five minutes. Most of us think we can't meditate because we can't turn our head off, but we're mm-hmm. not supposed to. Lori at Ohm can help you down there with that. Yeah, so there's a, a Ohm Laguna Beach. Right? Yeah, Ohm Laguna okay. Beach. Um, and then we have practitioners here other than myself. Sherry Scanlon's here. She's another Reiki practitioner. Curry's another esthetician that works for me when we're not here. And there's a medium that comes in and does monthly group. Anything that you're attracted to that way, um, I say do it. Take the leap. Jump. Get some, take care of yourself. Self-care is important. And um, there's healing in the messages. So go look for the messenger. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much, Carrie, for being on the podcast. And, and what is your website again for people to find you? It's mysticreiki.com. And so you do Reiki and you do skincare as well? We do. We do organic skincare. Okay. And also teaching. And lots of classes. Great. Well, so people can look that up, mysticreiki.com. And I'll put that on my website as well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you. Have a great day.
Thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. If you have any questions for me or for Carrie, visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com. Click on contact and fill out the form and I'll get back to you. While you're on my site, you can listen to past episodes, read transcripts, or read my blog. You can also reach me on Instagram at Teaspoon of Healing or on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Teaspoon of Healing. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes and you enjoy the podcast, please leave me a review and a star rating. I'd really appreciate it. Well, tune in next week for part two of our Reiki series. We're going to be talking to Reiki Joe from Phoenix, Arizona. So stay tuned for that and have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to A Teaspoon of Healing with Dawn Damari, your home for wellness and vibrant living. For more resources on wellness and vibrant living, visit us online at teaspoonofhealing.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. 